Downloads of this show are available on Potomatic.com and the Potomatic mobile app. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Parsons Radio! I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberg with a very quick phone call. It's me, Gene Craighead George. It's Monica. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? He's raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. Oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Lower East Simon. What kind of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hands. I take care of feral cats. This is me to burn. It's in the house. Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller! I'm not a fan of the show. I've never heard of it before. Are you about to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hat. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I truly really can't tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? Everybody, welcome back to another installment of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn from now until 11 o'clock this morning, at which point we will be followed by Point of Order, the great sports talk show, and then at noon, the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie, and then at 1 p.m., Objection to the Rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. The core four, the lineup is intact this morning. I was gone last week. But luckily, we had our buddy, Elon Danzinger, filling in, and we appreciate his services. Did a great job. Really coming along, that kid. Great job. Molly Densmore was here as well, a comedian. Very excited to hear her. Uh, uh, I can't believe Elon got to her first, but, you know, that's that's the world we're living in this morning. 904-351-0729 is our number. That's 904 351 729. It's nice to be back. You know, I was traveling last week. Uh, it's none of your business where, but uh, I'm back. I'm back now. It's nice to be back. Uh, uh, you know, the sensation of Radio Free Brooklyn, as many call this show. The sensation. It's a bona fide sensation. I mean, sure, we have episodes where people don't call. Low lifes. 
Lowlifes. That's who. Lowlifes listen and don't call. The enemies of this show are as follows. Number one, people who can't get up early. And two, people who listen and don't call. People who don't listen are not the enemy. They are merely potential friends. 904-351-0729 to call in this morning. I want to tell everyone that there's a lot of exciting stuff going here at uh, 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 the station, a uh, uh, chief among which is a Radio Free Brooklyn is trying to get to Austin, Texas, to present at South by Southwest in 2019. But we need help from our community of listeners. If you have just a moment to spare, please help us get into the festival by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash SXSW and voting for our proposal. We won't. It won't. Uh, we promise it won't take more than a minute of your time, and will go a long way towards helping us get to Austin to spread the word about the importance of independent local community media. The address again is radiofreebrooklyn.org/sxsw. Get there. Also, huge announcement for the station. Huge announcement. You know, I, I, in the studio, folks, you can't see this, but there is a printed Google review that says. We are fun, interesting, and at the core of the Brooklyn arts community. Well, we're living up to that in more ways than one now because Radio Free Brooklyn is announced is, is proud to announce that we have been partially funded to start an after-school program for local teenagers, hashtag local teenagers, in 2019. However, our grant will only pay for so much, and we still have a long way to go to make sure this dream becomes a reality. The after-school program will allow teens from Brooklyn area schools to learn about media and uh, media making using a hands-on approach guided by local professionals currently working in radio and journalism. Each participant will create their own radio show, which will air on Radio Free Brooklyn on a new dedicated stream. And we'd love for our listeners to help make this program happen by going to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash afterschool, reading more about the program, and donating whatever you can afford. And remember... The Radio Free Brooklyn is a 501c3 nonprofit community organization, and each donation is tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. And again, that URL is radiofreebrooklyn.org slash afterschool. Thank you so much for your support. Now, my guest today is, is one of these uh, one of these smart people. We got, we got a, I got these comedians in here all the time, and they're all just like, duh. But today, my guest is a writer based right here in New York City whose work has appeared in the New York Times Magazine, The Outline, Racked, The New Yorker, Wired Magazine, New York Magazine, and oh, so many more. That's right. It's Jamie Lauren Kalis. How are you this morning? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Thank you so much for coming. This is crazy. I feel like it's like when you have a dream and then there's like, you're in a town and it's your usual town, but there's like another street and you're like, this isn't in the real map. Uh-huh. I feel like I came in this door and I'm like, what the fuck? Where am I? Can I swear on here? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Wow. Absolutely. No laws. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this is wild. Uh, this is the, you just fulfilled a hallmark of the uh, young person's radio drinking game, which is the guest asking very early if they can swear only after swearing. Wow. Yeah. It's like <laughs> classic, uh, like I'm on Marin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the, the WTF of, of RFB. Wow. Yeah. Who are your guys? Who are Jamie? my guys? You. You're all five of them. <laughs> are you having a nice summer? I'm having a fine summer. I don't do well in the summer. That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, this is not my season. Yeah. I burn 
I'm very prone to allergies, mm-hmm. bites. Yes. Um, I'm not good with leisure. I need structure. Yes. Um, but back to school season's coming, so I feel like I'm really like on the cusp of something great. Yeah, you're buying all your supplies. Buying all my supplies. Um, I just feel like fall colors. Like I do better in earth tones. Yes. I do better like very covered. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm ready. Like I, I'm feeling optimistic. Do you uh, uh, remember the drink column in the New York Times? Rosie Shop, I think her name is. I like, think so. Yeah, I think it she is. Uh, described September as having a quote back to business air to it. I think it does, and I think that's very nice. I I'm always trying to be at business, and I feel like summer pulls you away from it. Like, yeah, I need to work compulsively to have self worth. Yes, um, we're so, good capitalists. Yeah, yeah, that's Amy. why I'm so rich. <laughs> We work all the time and have so much money. That's it's really the whole system works goes <laughs> off without a hitch. That's right. Now it's fitting, I think, that I have you uh, on today because, as we mentioned just before, the mics were turned on. We are now living in a post Village Voice world. As a Friday. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I. I th- this happens like I would say like every six to eight weeks at this yeah. point where like something shutters and I do feel sad because I feel like there's like oh like it is nice to have places to write for yeah but I don't I don't know like nothing I don't feel emotional about it and I think just it's this general reflexiveness towards like be, things that Gen Xers like yes, going away I absolutely don't generally feel too dear towards I mean I, I like the Village Voice this is not like sure. oh of course I feel like the, the mobs are going to be at the gates when we leave but like yeah. um. I don't know. I just I I don't say birthday cards. I'm not like a precious person, and right. like, I'm I'm sad that like people are out of work. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad the Village Voice existed, and like the archive doesn't go away. But right. I don't. I don't know. I just things are. I'm like I'm down with the march of time. <laughs> like yeah. No, it, I it think seems for, like a very bad opinion to have. But no, I mean I feel like the it's the the real death was the lack of the death of the print edition last year. You know, because right. we didn't have those those uh, red boxes on every street corner that you could just pick up a village voice and like look at the sex ads. Yeah, and I think there's this thing where it's like, I I like local print media, but yeah. once it becomes an online thing, then it's just like it's hard to have an online thing that's expressively local because yes. the internet's not local. And I think this is like a problem that rap has too now, where mm. there used to be like local rap scenes, everything got online. Now it's this sort of like global thing that like local color doesn't really persist in the internet time so it's like the thing i really feel sad for is like things that were local because they were constrained to be local not things that were sort of like fake quaintly local (laughs) so i i don't know like it it, like it would be i feel like the future and like i've been waiting for this to happen is i want like a micro local print publication that just covers like the six block radius around my house (laughs) because like the thing that i really feel like is lacking is like Sometimes I'll walk around and I'll be like, oh, like they, they finally fixed that shutter on that building. And like, I want to mm. tell someone that lives in the neighborhood, but like, if I don't have friends that walk past that house every day, they're not going to care. Yeah. It's like, I really want websites. And I think that website, you know, Nextdoor? No. So it's this website where you can sign up and they mail a letter to your house to confirm your address. And it's like, only people that live in a certain radius of your house can post on this message board. So it'll, someone oh. will be like, oh, like I have extra vegetables for my garden. Like, do you want them? Or like, a lot of times people just post things like that are kind of racist. Like they'll be like, I saw a black teenager like walking by, watch out. But like great. when it's good, it's good. Like they're like, oh, I'm getting yeah, rid yeah. of this furniture or like this church is having a blood drive. Which like that's the information about my neighborhood I'm really interested in. Like I don't yeah. even really care what's happening like 20 blocks away. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not like a, a Brooklyn vegan is going to start posting about yard sales in right, Queens. Right, like, I, I really want like a, like, I think I want things that are like national and global and then I want things that are like, that I could walk to within four minutes. Yeah, well, I think the, uh, I think the like general uh, nostalgia for the village voice that's like out there right now is like people from that generation where it was like, yeah, that's how I found my apartment. It was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I picked up the village voice and there was a listing on I, the back. It doesn't serve that purpose to like, several generations now well i think people still feel nostalgic when they're like that's how i found my first new york roommate like however they found them sure yeah like i found mine on this like facebook marketplace group which like yeah i don't know if that's really a thing people are finding like the way you found your roommate i guess it is very tied to like when what age you were like between 19 and 22 yes yes but you found your well i guess you're in a roommate flux right now right well i i i have one uh but you know we're still working things out. It's new though. <laughs> yeah, it's new. new. Yeah. yeah, it's new. It's it's, it's uh, But you know how it how it is here. It's just like you know we've had a uh, my old place where there were three of us. And there were two of us that were the rock uh, of the place, and then the third one just kind of came in and out. It was a supporting character. Yeah. You know. Uh, but it was always like friends of friends. You know, I I don't think I've ever uh, I've never I've never moved in with someone who I didn't know in some context before that. Oh, my first New York apartment was total randos. Okay. As, as they say. Yes. <laughs> um, and one was a flight attendant and she was like, she slept in this room that was like about the size of a closet, but it was good because she paid rent. Right. And she was just in and out on the weekends and like had lovers in every city and like was very <laughs> difficult to live with, but otherwise was like a compelling first New York roommate. Yeah. And then the other, we had two roommates initially and then we opened up the living room because we were like, we could pay cheaper rent if we like rent out the living room as a bedroom. And this guy who was like, he worked at multiple rock climbing gyms and like, so he would like work like a three hour shift at one gym and then climb on over to the other one and like work there. Yeah. And while that makes for a very like laid back person, spiritually speaking, it didn't really make for a good roommate. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, rock climbing is its own little, its own little cult, right? Yeah. I did it for the first time recently. How was it? It was good. I, I, did you feel changed? I didn't feel changed. <laughs> Um, I enjoyed the climbing, but the part that really freaked me out is like being like, what, like it's how, how do we get to this point where like we pay like $30 to climb on fake rocks? Like that just seems like it's like, it's such an abstract like thing. And the whole time I was climbing, I was like really thinking about it. So it like, wasn't yeah. really, I don't know. It was just like, it was kind of like going to Disney world in a sense, but like right. Disney world of nature. It Rock climbing specifically has always been very funny to me because it exists in my mind as like a county fair attraction. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you strap into that harness and it's just like, right. who, can, who among you? And, yeah, exactly. Who among you and the other 11 year olds you're here with get to the top first? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't think it's that different in. No. In here. And like this like just down the road here on star uh, a rock climbing gym has been under construction for mm -hmm. since I think it was still being built when I moved to New York like four years ago and it finally opened and it had been like a running joke with my friends of like oh like like you know when people would be like when when birds fly like I would be like when the Bushwick rock gym finally opened <laughs> and it finally opened and we went and like it was great but it's like I don't know it's like the kind of person it attracts is definitely a certain type of modern man yes yeah it's it's uh it's it's local to here i think i think it's uh the kind of dude elsewhere who maybe like uh bikes an entire trail yeah it's the same kind of guy you know they got little backpacks yeah like definitely 
Yeah, like those those Vel- those Velcro straps you put on your ankle to keep your pants from getting caught in the chain, like taking those off when you get to the office and being like, "Where does this office have bike parking?" <laughs> Just letting everybody. Which, know. Like that is a part of me, I think. So that's maybe why I hate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I definitely I'm prone to such behaviors. So, which you mean specifically like, like fitness based or uh like fitness based and sort of like making a thing out of it? Oh sure. <laughs> like in high school, I worked at a bike shop, and. I bike started biking to school, wearing like bike clothes that I would get for free from the shop. People yeah. would be like, "Oh, you ride your fucking bike again!" Like, and I was like, "All I wanted was like people to think I was cool because I had a hobby, right?" Which is like still 100 percent who I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a hobby centered coolness. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, like, what are the other types of coolnesses? Like, what else can coolness be centered on? There's music coolness. I would extremely say extremely alienating to me. Yeah, there's like fashion coolness. You know, yeah. I mean, no, I don't mean like high fashion, but right. like I'm not beautiful enough or ugly enough. I'm sort of like in this middle ground where like I it's like commit, <laughs> pick a side. Yeah. <laughs> what other types of coolness are there? This is good. I feel like music is the big one. Music is the big one, and like I really like I would say one of my biggest resentments in life is people that think music makes them cool, and I know that's like a bad <laughs> that reflects poorly on me because it's like what do you have to prove? Like you insecure about this? But like, um, what are the other coolnesses? I think there's a kind of coolness that I've stopped allowing to be cool, but it's like aloofness coolness where it's like sure. people with social anxiety and they're like, I'm going to just be really like withdrawn and people are going to think I'm like mysterious and like inaccessible yes. and like sort of like insouciant. Right. And I used to see those people at parties and be like, I must crack them with my, oh, with totally. my humor and wit. Is our humor with the same? I don't know. Um, no, I but, don't think so. Yeah. But now I, I see those people and I'm like, you have poor social graces. Yes. And like, I'm not going to deign to dignify this. But like, I don't know. I think that's a big one. That was like, oh, yeah. And those people always have like these certain kind of jobs that like have prestige, but like are just normal jobs. Like, mm-hmm. it's like arbitrarily, like if you're a barista, you can be that. If you're like a fact checker at the Paris Review, you could be that. Like, <laughs> it's like this certain category of things where I'm like, these are fine jobs, but like, I don't know, like, why you get to not talk at a party, but I have to, like, run my mouth like diarrhea Right, constantly. right. The fact checker at the Paris Review feels too specific to not be a very recent example. No, no, I think it's, oh, okay, like, there's okay. just certain categories of people that get, like, in in my industry, I think. Uh-huh, yeah. But literary types. Literary, literary <laughs> types, people who go to Yale. But it is that, like, weird, like, mind trick where it's just like, oh, this person, is like, isn't uh, talking a lot. I bet they'll open up to me, though. You know, and I think <laughs> like, like I've been able to pull it off before. Sure. So I think yeah. it's like, 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 it's like I'm on a streak, and it's like if I don't break this one, then like, what am I? You know? Yeah, I've lost it. I've lost my gift. Yeah, but I think I'm 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 less engaged in that in that game. Yeah, yeah. But all of these all these signifiers of coolness we're describing are very uh, exterior. You know? Yeah. What do you What do you actually think is cool? What do I actually? Uh, that's a great question. Um, Define your values to me. Wow. Uh, chill. Chill is important. Genuinely being chill. Not, not, not like, being like, I don't have to wash my dishes, man. No, no. I, okay. not, not like uh, uh, slovenly. Right. <laughs> Just being like, Just like oh, like, let's pop in here for a drink. That yeah, exactly. Right, okay. Just be, be, uh, this attitude of being like open to, uh, like not being too rigidly planned, I think is good. Yeah, I, my, I would say my main therapy goal is I want to move through the world with ease. I, <laughs> yes. I keep saying that, yes. like, because I, I definitely think that's a cool trait. Yeah, totally. It's the it's the guy who's like at the at the bar, just kind of sitting on the stool, just leaning back, 
Just like talking, yeah. out, doing whatever comes along. Or I think someone that's like they arrive 20 minutes early for something and they're not playing on their phone. They're just like, yes. maybe they're chatting with someone. Maybe they're just looking in the clouds. Right, right, right. Yeah. They're look, looking up instead of looking down. Right. Man. I'm, I'm a downward looker. We, <laughs> I try so hard not to be and, and often, often am. We have our first caller. We have a caller? The, line. Uh, the 904-351-0729 is the number. Caller, you're on the air with me and uh, Jamie, Lauren, Kalis. Roy Colby, how's it going? It's Lori Simon. It's been a while. Lori uh, Simon. Hello. Oh my Hi. God! Hey, thanks for calling right. back. You're... Well, you know, I listen, and whenever I hear people talking about um, coolness signifiers, I figure I got to weigh in. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, for people who don't know, Lori Simon is a, a grizzled old New York type who. Um, well, what would you say? You 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 knew all the like Lower East Side. Grizzled. Okay. You were there? Call it grizzle. Yeah, you were there. I call it salt and pepper. Okay. But you like knew them. you were around the Lower East Side, around like Jack White and all the all the, the meet me in the bathroom generation of uh Right, yeah. Me and Jack White we still play words with friends. <laughs> uh but maybe better to call it words with uh frenemies, right? Because 'Cause we're notorious rivals. <laughs> yes. Notorious anyway. rivals. You were talking specifically. You 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 dropped a very uh, a, a specific yeah about uh, being a fact checker for the Paris Review. I was a fact checker for the Paris Review for five years, and uh, I don't find it to be a, a signifier. I feel it. I feel it to be a sincere expression of coolness. Interesting. Okay, so say more. <laughs> say more. I mean, what's there to say? You're a fact checker for the Paris Review. You go in there, if you share, you're in the mail room. It's just a desk in the mail room. Uh, <laughs> you're in the mail room? A, sure. You know, Paris Review, it's a rag, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a bootstrap sort of thing. <laughs> Very yeah. DIY, you know. So you're in there, and then blokes come down, and they're like, right, does this happen in Paris? And I have to, you know. Like, uh, Paris, good or bad, I you have to, to weigh in on it. Right. Well, sure, yeah. They're just asking, you know, a fact about this or that. Usually Paris-related, Parisian. Right. Sure. So your job as a uh, fact checker to, uh, was to uh, verify people's ideas about Paris. <laughs> <laughs> right, because people be like, uh, you know, uh, who knows a lot about, you know, the world and the scene and whatever. Simon, obviously. So I'd go, and if there was a question I couldn't answer, I'd, I'd uh, uh, what's it called? Bim it, you know that thing where you just I, I text it. It was before we had. Oh, uh, cha cha. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So I would text it out. I'd be like, Paris, yeah. Uh, Absolutely yes no. And they come back, come back with an answer like quick. And it was cool, you know. It was cool. How much time had you spent in Paris at this point? On and off. <laughs> yes. As one does. I'd say maybe eight years. Wow. You know. Okay. That's right. a lot. Really good in Paris. Very cool. Yeah. Me and Regina Spector went there as a common-law man and wife. Uh. <laughs> Lived there for a while. Quirky girl. There's a you know. com- common-law uh, over there uh, on the continent? Pardon? Does a common-law transfer to the, the continent? Oh, sure. Common law, it, it holds up wherever you go, you know what I mean? That's why it's so common. Uh, 
you go and you yeah. say, right, this is my wife, and no one's, no one's checking or anything, right? Yeah, uh, it's in the Geneva Convention. No one's like, tell me where all his moles are, or what have you. Uh-huh. Which is, you know, your basic international litmus test to determine marriage. <laughs> right, yeah. They do it. They did it at, the, at, uh, at Ellis Island. Anytime a couple came in, they were anyway, like, where are all his moles? Go on. Where were all his moles? And, you know, Regina knew, mostly, I, she, not from experience, I had a chart. We went over our story. <laughs> the point is, you know, funny good job, Paris Review fact checker. Uh, well, why'd you leave? Voice. Glad you guys are talking about that. Oh, yes, I wanted to, yes, uh, let's, let's get into that. Well, you know, they're a bunch of right bloody fuckers over the voice, you know, never really, uh, you know, poses, wangs, uh, amateurs, mm-hmm. you know. Posers, wangs, and amateurs. I think you just named the documentary. <laughs> that was like their equivalent of democracy dies in darkness. <laughs> Posers, wangs, and amateurs. The village voice. Well, it's true, you know, it's an apt description. You know, they, they walk around with their... Uh, the, the tattoo sleeves and their um, uh, jinkos, uh, and you know, <laughs> pretend they're sort of part of some kind of underground movement. Uh-huh. But uh, do you ever write you know, for them? Like the punch at one Easter party over there, and you're banned for life. You know? Did you write for the Village Voice ever? Excuse me. Did you ever uh, write for the Village Voice? Well. Well, no, but you know, I I I I I did some fact checking for them every once in a while, you know, for a little bit. Gotcha. So I'm you were kind of the. Uh, uh, I wrote into them and corrected articles. Oh, oh, gotcha. So you, you, I Led see. The editor, Vigilante like, fact checker. Yes, yes. Right. Well, you know, facts are facts. You know. Well, uh, Lowry Simon, uh, are you uh, are you working these days? Are you fact checking anywhere? Oh, these! Oh, I'm retired. Oh, of course, of course. Boomer no facts for me. No <laughs> facts, just fantasies, baby. No facts, just fan. Lowry Simon, you are uh, uh, an evergreen delight on this show. Well, thanks. I know it's been a while, but you know, it, 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 you guys don't talk about uh, cool things very much anymore. Uh, <laughs> wow! All right. Okay. Know, mostly, so wait, are you one of these low lifes who who listens every week but doesn't call? Oh, absolutely! And I contribute Jesus. to all your funds. I've been following the hashtag uh, local teenagers for quite a while. <laughs> I started seeing young persons radio come up on it, and uh, you know I donated right away. Yeah. You think I should make this into a show for kids? Right, we I come on and I'm just I like think, this think, week on Peppa Pig, and then I recap Peppa Pig for an hour. It's like longer. It's like five times longer than the show. I mean, if you like, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about teenagers, Colby, local teenagers, okay. the, the engines of of new culture. Yes, we'll talk about uh, um, Riverdale and uh, Fortnite, and uh, what are those? Dueling. Jeweling, yes. Ugh, love a jewel. Jeweling, Fortnite. Fortnite is so cool right now. I'm ranked pretty high right now in Fortnite. Oh, yeah? In your age crowd. Well, it's the only way I can talk to my kids, you know? Oh, I didn't I didn't realize you had kids. On the voice chat. Oh, sure. But, you know, uh, 
parental custody restrictions, they, uh, the law hasn't really caught up to the technology, so they don't say anything about talking to your kids on Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but you can do it. Lower side. I mean, that's that's resourceful. That's 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 the old uh, uh, scrappy New York spirit we've come to expect from you. Absolutely, and they respect me still because I'm able to goose them at 500 meters. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean. Lower East Simon. Anything yeah, you want? I know you now. Call anything me. you want to plug before you go? Any projects you're working on? Yeah, actually, okay. uh, working on kind of a sort of a lived-in, like a performance art piece. Very cool. Right? Very cool. Which is, how long can I live in international waters on a boat before uh, certain statutes of limitations expire, <laughs> pertaining specifically to uh, animal abuse? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of an ongoing project. I don't want to ask any more questions about this. Are you sure? Because it's a, it's a, it's a vibrant issue. Look, it's I don't... very I, much in the nexus of the discussion right now. It's, I, you know, they, 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 you know, Fiverr.com and what have you, encouraging small business, but you try and render your own pig fat at home <laughs> vertically, starting with piglets, ending with a finished product in your apartment, and uh, rent control, by the way. And, uh, you know, the 12th come knocking down on your door. Oh, oh Lowry, Simon. Are, are you... Does, co- does mean you're, you're a ranking Colby, department are is you banking? in the market for some pig fat? <laughs> no! No, I, I'm not! Okay. You <laughs> buying your candles at the Bed Bath & Beyond, then? <laughs> Outrageous prices. Jamie asked if this means your rent control department will be vacant. Well, I am subletting it right now. Uh, okay. Uh, sorry, um, but uh, you know, it's kind of a it's on a month to month basis. Uh, currently subletting it to uh, uh, the 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 guy with the least BMI in uh, Interpol. <laughs> Interpol. Uh, I'm not sure which one. Yeah, no, the band, not the organization that is knocking at my door. <laughs> I was just going to say, down, it's probably not the only moment. Interpol you're having to deal not with the, these days. Yeah. So <laughs> the same. You know how right, uh, so Interpol is really concerned about two things. Number one, piracy of video cassettes. And two, uh, 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 people trying to make their own pig fat. Well, Kobe, you don't make your own pig fat, right? Pig fat just occurs naturally. <laughs> no, no, technically the pig makes it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Make was the wrong verb. No, but pig fat is simply the medium. <laughs> uh huh. Which the international community tries to police how I shape and bend. Yes. Oh well, Lower East Simon, I, I I wish you all the best. If there's anything I can do for you, you just let us know. Uh, well, you know, uh, if you're ever at the, the 27th Meridian, <laughs> want to come in for a cup of tea, uh, <laughs> don't hesitate. Yeah, I'll probably be there over Thanksgiving, so I'll, 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 I'll look you up. Fly us out. Yeah. Oh, uh, and just a brief aside to your guest, uh, New Yorker, utter rag, piece of garbage, not fit to, uh, not fit to wipe the pig fat off the floorboards <laughs> of my two other vessels.
not does not speak to the experience of real New Yorkers. So just just for the record. Wow. Contra- yes. Contractually, I cannot agree or disagree. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, uh, I've got to go bicycles for several several miles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Lower assignment. Thanks for calling back. Drive safe. Use hand signals. Oh, Is he man. gonna uh, bicycle for several miles at sea? Uh, I, 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 who knows how big that boat is that he's on? True. Be like a, a craft carrier. Yeah, it could be like a cruise ship that has like a full track. They put a lot. Speaking of rock climbing, that's something you do on a cruise ship. Oh, I've never been on a cruise. Oh, I went on. I've been on two actually. Oh, yes. Was one. it a supposedly fun thing? You'll never do again. I would do it. I would do it again. Like, I, but I would. I I would say the the sentiment is true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's a lot about eating. Mm. Very focused on like buffets. Okay. Different times of day, different decks with different buffets. Gotcha. Going to the certain buffet, buffet by the pool. Oh wow. Buffet by the spa. This this sounds great. I don't yeah, know what's, a lot uh, of, what I would never do again about this. Sounds I like I would do like it every day. You do it to excess, and then you'd never want to <laughs> yes. again. But yes. uh, yeah, and you sleep great on a boat. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You did, you're not plagued by seasickness. No. Although recently I went on a sailboat and I was. Oh, so yes. that was a first encounter. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. 904 If you would like to call in, that's 904 This is Young Persons Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. And it's me, your host, Colby Smith. And my guest is Jamie Lauren Kalis. I have a question for you. Lay it on me. As, as, a, as a writer in your own, uh, in your own right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you stand on the live author Q&A event? Because I can't decide if I hate them or not. I thought you were going to say, well, this is more of a comment than a question. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I, I like to go to one. Yeah. It's like you always kind of want to see like, Definitely. you know, the man behind the magic. Yes. Yeah. But, uh. I don't know. I think a lot of writers, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, but like, mm. I feel like I write because like, I'm, I don't think I'm the best talker. Like right. I'm a fine talker, but like, I like to have the time to really like yeah. set things down the way I want them to exist in the world. Totally. Talking, I'm sort of like, I'll kick myself for this later. Is right, 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 right. General uh, stream of consciousness. So I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of writers are like that compelling of entertainers when it comes to like yeah. live entertainment. Yeah. Um, but you know, I love a Q and A. Love to sure. get up to the the nine two Y. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking of yeah. when I asked this question. Yeah. Have you ever have you seen many many live Q and As? I haven't been in a while, but I, I used to go all the time. Who who have you seen? Oh, uh, George Saunders. Oh, probably the biggest name. Yeah. Um, David Remnick. Speaking of. Uh, oh yes. The New Yorker. He has his own radio hour. I know. Days. I know. He he's a he's my competitor. Wow. Now. It's a weekend show too. Wow! Yeah, someone could be listening to it right now instead of this. But he has a very pleasant uh, voice, I think, David. Remnick. I think he does. I agree. Yeah, it's like it's vaguely Semitic. Yeah, it's, which I think is important for a radio show. I think so too. Yeah, uh, which is nice. I think and, he talks slow. Like, he talks slow. He has good guests. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's, it's always nice. like let's talk about Israel, like. Here's a sort of middle of the road view. Like, yeah, right. I feel like that's the general tone of the show. Yeah, yeah. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, who else? I saw an early screening of Birdman there. Oh, I never saw it. Someone told me it would affect me too deeply. 
Oh, really? Yeah, which now I don't want to see it because, like, either it will affect me deeply or I'll resent that someone said that about it. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I saw a movie recently. Cool. Was yeah, it? I saw Support the Girls. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I was shocked. I liked yeah. it. I liked it a lot. Um, the trailer it sort of makes it seem like it's going to be this, like, kind of wacky, like, I don't know, like a sort of, not Judd Apatow, but, like, that kind of comedy yeah. where it's, like, it's like we're in a weird situation and like we got quips, but like this was definitely like the, it had the pacing of an indie movie with the content of like a big box comedy. Yes. And it worked really well. And like I just I feel like the title support the girls like I mean, I I feel like a lot of these movies that are coming out that like like I want like feminist content in movies, but I feel like a lot of them are pandering like they think women oh, totally. are idiots. Like I yes. thought Ocean's what was it? Ocean's, Ocean's 8. 8. I and would I love like, to talk about this. Yeah, I just thought Ocean's 8 was like. I don't know. It was like, let's make a movie that's less good than the other Oceans movies, <laughs> but we'll put like six jokes about women being empowered in it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't need to be pandered to. I'm not an idiot. So, right. Like, I thought this movie, despite the title, Support the Girls, I thought it was going to be sort of like one of those pandering movies. Right. But, like, no, it was like just very like, I, I feel like it was good at sort of just like being normal. Uh -huh. Like, just the ways people talked about things were not like, you go girl. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Girls are already going. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 an example of the. It's just like they've realized that there's a market for it, so they're yeah. gonna do it as hamfistedly as possible, just to like try and make some money on this, you know, quote unquote feminist movie. Right, and I feel like it's like I, I think an example of something that did it sort of well, uh -huh. like like I feel like there's a lot of these movies like we're gonna make a woke movie and then they just right. like lay it on. But like crazy rich Asians are like we're gonna make a movie with Asian people, but we're just going to make it about being rich. Which, yeah. And like, they didn't make anything woke in it. <laughs> and I was sort of like, Oh, this is great. Like, it's just like, like when you go to the, mo when I go to the movies, I either want it to be like sort of a, a thinky thing or mm. I want it to be just really dumb and yeah. fun. Yeah. So like, I don't like this middle ground where like, it's going to be goofy, but like, you're going to, we're going to like moralize to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, any, any like message movie, I feel like is like a pretty big, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It's a pretty big, no, no. Like, did you see the post? No. The po I mean, it, it's it's a the journalism movie. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But it's very much like I mean, talking about Gen X privilege. It's just like <laughs> it's just like a man. Weren't we great back then? Yeah. You know, it's just like this is when newspapers like stood for something. And it's like, look, I like Steven Spielberg. I think Steven Spielberg gets unfairly ragged on a lot of the time. I met him once. Did you really? One time, I was in New Haven. And I was sitting on a bench, yeah. and he sat down right next to me, and he said, how you doing? And I go, you're Steven Spielberg. And he goes, what are you reading? And I was reading, like, a sociology textbook. Uh-huh. And he was, his daughter was, like, playing in the park. Oh, wow. They were shooting Indiana Jones there. That's And I was, wow. like, there okay. just, like, as a child. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck? Like, you're Steven Spielberg. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. I would say it wasn't like a particularly meaningful encounter. No, but I mean, but it was like I saw Steven Spielberg, and he was he initiated a conversation. Yeah, he was just like, "Sup." Oh my god, he was nice. He was a nice that's guy. Incredible. That's yeah. not what I expected at all. I no, expected he was like not a diva. Yeah, I expected like yeah, I was in a press junket in this hotel room, and he was mean. no, you just <laughs> yeah. on a bench. What what, uh, what celebs have you encountered in the wild? My biggest one, speaking of Indiana Jones, is Harrison Ford. I saw him on the street. In New York? No, like during when I was in New Haven. Like oh my in God. that same week. Yeah. He just, but he just walked past me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that, that was a double take. I guess you can't hear that on the radio. <laughs> um, 
No, we wow, had a very. Uh, Where did you see him? It was at uh, um, a benefit for a organ, a, a environment, uh, a, a nonprofit that he is like involved with at some high level, um, and he was like this big deal that he was going to actually be at one of their events. <laughs> and, and why were <laughs> you time. there? I uh, for my old job. Oh, old nice. Job had me there. I used wow. to work in that field. Working at the same time that you get paid to meet Harrison Ford. Pretty much, yeah. But it was like it was just like a big reception, and he was just like walking around. So I, I, I like waited behind him having a conversation with someone else for a while, and just, uh, just got a nice little, little interaction in. That's Shook his great. hand. You know, I uh, when I was living in L.A., see celebrities a lot there. Yeah, I saw you know Fall Out Boy the band. Oh yeah, I saw Pete Wentz, the bassist from Fall Out Boy. Uh huh. Having a matcha latte. <laughs> and uh, the person I was dating at the time, I was like... Where was this? Pete's Coffee and Tea? This was at Albert's. Okay. Wait, Albert's? Alfred. Alfred yeah. Coffee. It's like okay. a local bourgeois chain. Gotcha. And uh, by, I was like, I gotta say hi to him, but I'm too shy. And then uh-huh. like, my boyfriend was like, I will be, I will be I chivalrous will <laughs> and I will approach Pete Wentz on your behalf. And like, he was very sweet. He t- I took a picture with him. Oh, wow. Racked okay. up the likes on Instagram. I mean, you gotta. Yeah, and like that was the only time I was really ever like, I'm gonna approach a celebrity and like, yeah. do the starstruck thing. Yeah. I once saw Edie Falco getting off a city bike. Wow. Uh, and uh, She rides? It, she rides. She or was, were you getting off the city bike? No, no, she was getting off the bike. You were both dismounting synchronously? I, no, no, I was walking on the sidewalk where there was a little, like, station. Yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. she pulled up to it and, like, you know, was like clicking it in and then looked up and saw me looking and had this Tony. look on her face like we're gonna do this right now <laughs> and i was like no and i kept walking that's good yeah wow that makes me happy that she's like out here enjoying the common pleasures totally like yeah biking. i i think she just like lives a pretty middle class life in new york based on her she's talking about mark maron i listened to her on that a uh, couple i, I, guess I also a year heard ago. it yeah i thought it was great she has this amazing moment in it if we can digress for a second Let's and talk, talk about, about how great uh, Edie Falco is. She has this amazing moment in it where she's like, she's like, there are people in this industry who just want to be taken seriously as actors and they don't have it. And I was like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like, she has it. That's it's, uh, savage. Dude. Yeah. She has that's it. That's great. Oh, d- absolutely. Yeah. Are you a uh, Sopranos? Oh, Sopranos big time. Big time. I just yeah. watched it for the first time. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. yeah it's great. Uh, it's so good. So good. It's so funny. I feel like they too. handled 9 11 pretty well. I don't, I don't remember. Like, it's not a huge... Like, they, it, they didn't let it derail the show. Oh, no. Because it happened in the middle of of The Sopranos being on. Right, yeah. It was, like, in between uh, seasons two yeah, and three, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I feel like is, like, that's how you know they got the chops. Right. If you can handle 9-11 in the cinema <laughs> if, you can, if you can not let 9-11 distract you. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they give it a nod. I mean, uh, what, yeah. a great, what a great show. Who, like, who would you say you most identify as... In the Sopranos universe, uh, AJ for sure. Really? No, no. Oh, I think I'm whoa. definitely. Uh, uh, I think I'm Polly Walnuts. I think I'm Christopher. <laughs> I. Uh, what do you? And like, what do you think is the least? Like, obviously, like there's a, a large number of like men of our generation that uh-huh. are like being Tony is cool, right? Wrong take. Absolutely, I like Tony, but like he's, he's suffering. <clears throat> there is a, something I, I I identify with Tony about, which is that uh, we hate everyone and we're not sure why. <laughs> mm. I think I used to feel that way about things, but I've really moved away from it. That's great. I'm yeah. really happy for you. Yeah, it's, uh, you should try to get here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> yeah, 
now I just hate myself. I mean, that's that's what it all is at the core, right? It all it all boils down to hating yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Hate we're, and we're fear. We're doing great. We're out hate here. and fear are at the center of everything. I think. Yeah. Wow. Well, this took a turn. <laughs> Jamie. Yes. I think this is a good point to segue into this show's only recurring segment. Oh my god! This is a uh, a, a series of questions that I have developed over years of study of the world's greatest interviewers. Um, Marin. Marin. Terry Gross. Alec Baldwin. Wow. And I'm going to uh, commence now the Young Persons Radio guest questionnaire. Is the song going to play now? No. no. <laughs> we don't have to hold for any, okay. any music. Like, Intro music. The first question. Okay. Who is an actor or actress who every time they come on screen, you go, oh, neat. Um, that guy that plays the dad in Juno. Uh, who, oh, J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that guy, trust him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The voice of the, the yellow M&M. Is he? Mm-hmm. That explains everything, yeah. <laughs> We've been trusting him from a young age. Yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. No, he's wonderful. Yeah, I, I love, like, him and, was it Woody Harrelson? Like, mm-hmm. I love, like, a, a delicately lined face. <laughs> I feel like it just lends lends itself well to uh, thespianism. To the screen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Woody Harrelson's awesome. Yeah, he was in that movie, uh, Florida Project. Did yeah. You know that? I love that movie. I didn't see it, but I, I uh, check it out. want to. Yeah. Next question. Say you are stricken ill. What show do you put on while you heal? Is the question here, like, what show do you watch all the time? Or, like, what new show am I trying to check out? <laughs> no, it's it's... It's the one. It's more the one you watch all the time. It's like you're sick. You're you're on the couch. You got to pass the time with just a comfortable show. I think I go Law and Order SVU. Okay, yeah. Which I think is like the standby for many. It's a. I mean, that's a classic one because it's like it's on the TV all the time. You know, it's yeah, on, it's and it's on, on the different platforms, right? Um. Yeah, I, I. I mean, I don't watch a lot of television. I'm trying to get more into it because, like, <laughs> you know, be in the discourse and all. Isn't that funny, though, that <clears throat> for so long, it's only in, like, the last, like, five minutes that it's just been, like, oh, there's so much TV to watch. I gotta, like, catch up. It used to yeah. be, like, this, uh, uh, like, even, like, five years ago, I feel like it was, like, still looked on as this, like, second class uh, yeah, entertainment like, form. There was this very, like, 90s disposition towards TV of, like, like, it drains your brain, like, yeah. like resist the boob tube or like whatever. <laughs> but now people would be like, oh, you're not watching, like, you know, the title of every show is like, The Noun. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, you're not watching The Noun. And I'm like, which one? And then it's like, you know, it's the one where like they work in this workplace, but it's like, it's dramatic. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't catch up. No. I mean, most of them are terrible. Yeah. And like, the, the ones I like and watch, I watch The Crown. Yes. Um. Very good. British. The Crown. Incredible. The Crown is good. I do watch Orange is the New Black, though. I don't know if I think it's good. Mm. Um. What else do I watch? I was watching Kimmy Schmidt for a minute. Mm-hmm. Gotta love a joke a minute. I mean, yeah. That's uh, a, I, I only watched that first season, but boy, did I love that first season. Yeah. I wouldn't say like you have to keep up, but right. you could. Yeah. Um. People now, there's like a lot of people are saying I got to watch that one, Fauda. What that, is it? It's like an Israeli show on Netflix about... Israel-Palestine conflict. Oh, okay. She's like, I don't know if TV's the, the, the mode for that. <laughs> Maybe not. But oh wow, I don't know. I have a low opinion of television. I know it's sort mm. of like out of fashion. No, no, I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah, you know? I'm trying to stick you to can't my just ideals. fall in line. You know. 
Right. I feel like everybody thinks TV is good. I guess I do too. I feel like it's like there's like this shame now. Like if you think books are the best one, it's like (laughs) who are you? Who are you trying to impress? Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know. I just like a quiet, quiet afternoon. You do this thing on your website where you post your reading list from the year. Oh boy, it is insane. How do you do that much? How do you, do you? I mean, these books are like you're like going through this Proust uh, uh, phase right now. How do you? How do you do that? I mean, part of it is like, how do I be smarter? I Jamie? have to read professionally for my job. Oh, like, of course, but I like mean, I'm reading on the clock. Yes, but no, I mean, you're not getting paid by the hour to slog through. Uh, 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 I don't know, dance to the music of time or whatever. No, that. but like. <laughs> <laughs> but like if I don't read I can't be good at writing because like you, there's like people out there that they just read articles on the internet sure, that's like yeah. recapitulated like here's my, here's why we need to care about this and why it's good like yeah. that'll be like so I don't know I, I regard it as part of like working sure um, also I just I don't like now I'm not reading because I'm doing the crossword so like <laughs> yeah. that's really taking the place of it but I don't know you just gotta you gotta read if you wanna read if you don't wanna read don't read I don't know if it's like inherently more valuable <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I feel like it is, though. I feel better when I am doing it. I'm reading Lolita right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Lolita. It's wonderful. It's so great. Are you reading for the first time? For the first time. Oh, yeah. It's blended. It's, uh, it's really, really good. And uh, I didn't expect it to be good in the way that it is good, you know? Yeah. Did you expect that it was going to be like more like, look at this sexy teen? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's how I think people think, like people who maybe just read it in school or something mm-hmm. they like remember it that way yeah it's a good book it's great it's there's like it's just it's like he's just playing the he's a master yeah and uh, also like it's a road trip book yeah well, i don't know if you're at the part where they're on the road yet. i'm about halfway through yeah uh, okay yeah because yeah, like lo- love a road trip a jaunt oh yeah yeah um yeah i don't know Re- reading's good i've only <laughs> i only really started getting into reading like like maybe three four years ago mm-hmm. like i didn't read in like college or like growing i would say i read like as a young adult sure like as like a teenager like a totally teen. i really liked my senior english class that was when we started we got all the great books what did you read in that class we had i'm talking all the hits i'm Lay talking catcher in the rye Woo! uh 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 great gatsby uh that's my favorite book which i know it's oh, yeah? sort of like a cornball opinion but yeah i, I love mean the great it's gatsby. really good the audiobook of it is on netflix I mean, oh, not, really? on, not on netflix <laughs> on uh, spotify oh okay okay and I listen to it just like all the time, like different sections from The yeah. Great Gatsby. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to have to check that out. But, like, that's why I'm not a cool music person because I'm like re listening to The Great Gatsby audiobook. Well, a mutual friend of ours turned me on to Librivox. What is uh, that? It's, it's just like these people make these recordings of books and, and submit them and then they're, they're available as podcasts. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah, it's, it's great. They're, maybe maybe I should really make nice. one. Yeah, you should. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to practice reading out loud better because I have a lisp. I'm trying uh-huh. to fight against it. Yeah not going well <laughs> still listening uh what else light uh, no not light in august as i lay dying uh i didn't like that one uh, yeah i mean i there are better better faulkner books I i'm think. not i'm not a faulkner fan but there are better ones than that i, I guess so yeah i take your word for it light in august is the book of the book the okay one. uh what else um native son richard wright oh yeah good book what else not a lot of women on this list no you gotta keep it good <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of if there was any any more big ones. Those those are the ones that are coming to mind. We read in junior high this play called Inherit the Wind. Uh-huh. It was about like the Scopes Monkey Trial. Uh, like, oh, okay. Should we teach evolution? I yeah, think that was yeah. What it was. 
and it was a play and we read it out loud in junior high where like all the students were different parts in the play mm-hmm. and that was like the peak of like the only time in my life i was actually like bullied and every time i would read my part these people that were formerly my friends would go shut up jamie and i was like this is so traumatic like, oh my I was, God. like i'm gonna carry this with me for the rest of my life <laughs> oh oh man we have to start wrapping up the show now jesus christ Got, yeah, we uh, really banter. Got got away from me. I know. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to riff for an hour. <laughs> and here we are, an hour later. Wow. And it's practically over. Let's well, let's skip to the final question on the questionnaire. Okay. What is the dumbest thing that's ever made you cry? The dumbest thing that's ever made me cry. I mean, I think I only cry for dumb reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm not a crier. Maybe like two, three times a year, trying to up yeah. it. But yeah, you know, I think I'd say that's about my rate too. Get that emotional uh, <laughs> sensitivity. I yeah. I. I used to cry every time I go to the AT&T store. Um, Interesting. Something about like faceless bureaucracy where like you need to get something done, but they're telling you they can't do it for some reason. Uh-huh. And like, they're just people doing their job. Like, it's not yeah. like I'm mad at the people working there, but like, I just get so anytime I'm on like a press one phone thing, that's like a thing that makes me cry. Okay. Like, I just, I, I can't deal with like not being this, able to the, negotiate. Oh, okay. This the sort of the lack of humanity of the whole thing. Yeah, where someone yeah. will be like reading a script and they'll be like, if she gets angry, go to this one and be like, I'm sorry, you are upset, ma'am. Oh like, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm. I, I want to be clear that I'm nice to people at their jobs, but like, <laughs> I it does make me emotional when it's like any time I have to deal with something that's like bureaucratic and uh-huh. people are like rude because of a script. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a. I don't know if I think that's dumb. I think it's it's just. In this world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's uh, yeah. No, this is a great answer. Do you question. answer the question? Oh yeah, I mean, I... I've, I've the listeners know uh, all over. I'll just I'll just uh, uh, cue it up because uh, my favorite answer to this question is that I once uh, uh, welled up and shed tears on the street. To is there going to be an ad? Hold on. Yes. Wait one moment while the ad. Well, I'm not gonna vamp. This is the longest ad. <laughs> it'd be like Nivea for men. The but yeah. Well, so it's about masterclass. Oh you know? well, oh, they we must go. think you're a wise YouTuber. We can skip the ad. I once uh, cried to this. I feel it. I see your say. It got it got to the part where where hold on. Let's see if we can get to it. Nope. Goodbye. Oh, no, it's that. You guys can't see him, he's welling up. He was betrayed by the very institutions he was told to trust. Uh, um, speaking of songs that make you well up, and I know we got to wrap it up, but yeah. uh, uh, whenever I'm jogging, and you know that song, Here Comes the Hot Stepper, that's like, na, 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 gets... I'll be like so fired up from jogging and I'll be like, I'm coming across the finish line. And sometimes I get tears. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is, that's the kind of thing. Music. Music gets me. Makes you cool. Makes you emotional. uh, Jamie, real quick, anything you want to get out there? Should people come to your Queens library workshop next week? Oh yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot about it. Thank you. Um, I am giving a talk on September 8th at 1 PM at the Ridgewood branch of the Queens library with my good friend, Leah Finnegan. And it's a two-hour workshop on how to freelance, how to write pitches, how to make some money, maybe not as much as you want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it should be good. People are coming. And Queens Library is great. That's all I got to say. Great. See you there. And people can find you on Twitter at... J-A-M-I-E. 
K-E-I-L-E-S. Nice. And they can listen to this show, not next week, because I'll be away again, unfortunately, but we'll be back on September 16th. But in the meantime, you can stick around for Point of Order coming up here in mere moments. Should we go out to Bad Baby to celebrate your uh, your recent Gangbusters article? Yeah, I would love that. Check that one out, too, everybody. It's really, really <laughs> cool. I had all these questions lined up to talk about it, and here we are. Just means you got to come back sometime. I'm down. This was great. It was much less scary than I anticipated. Good. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Stick around for a point of order. Bye-bye. <laughs>